Welcome to Dolly Shares, a show where Dolly Howard shares her experiences, thoughts, and emotions as only Dolly can. This is a pre-recorded presentation. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is Wednesday, January 16th. 2019, and you're listening to Dolly Shares. It's pre-recorded, and it's coming to you from Dolly World. Nancy Hopkins is the producer, and I'm Dolly Howard. And uh, today, I want to I want to discuss. A topic that we had start we had talked about briefly last night on Cosmic Reality Radio Show. Um, let me <coughs> excuse me. Let me get over to where I was reading a note from one of our chatters. If I can find it, bear with me. Here we go. There we go. Oh, what happened here? (laughs) Uh, I opened it up and I got a couple. Um, Oh, I see Nancy's playing in the chat room site. Uh, Okay, let's see. I want to read this from Happy Listener. Uh, oh, there's there's someone I haven't seen in a long time in there. Huh. Uh, it, it says, Happy Listener, she's saying, Hi, Dolly, Nancy, and Walt. Yesterday I heard the replay of the show recorded on one fourteen nineteen. Actually, I think it was one fifteen nineteen because it was yesterday. And want to thank you for talking about the transition Nancy's Aunt Peg is going through. Uh, Nancy Hopkins' Aunt Peg is in the process of transitioning from this life to the next life. I too have a family member who is thinking about transitioning. I am trying to reconcile my ingrained Catholic upbringing with the new information I have been seeking my entire life. The conversation you guys had really helped clarify the death process and how I can support my family members during this process. She says, I also enjoy hearing oh about the cats and how they too have come here to learn things from us. I have I, too, have known a few that I think were not just in 3D. We were talking about Nancy's cats, too. Uh, And then she goes on to say thank you. And yada, yada, yada. Okay, but the most important part is the one I, I... Oh, here it is. I read to you, and she added this. P.S. I think the conversation about death and the process of transitioning is going to become more important as the energies continue to shift and people are choosing to leave as the veils between the two dimensions continue to thin. Thanks. Okay, so that can get me started into what I want to talk with you all today about. Um, it's a couple things. I don't have the best of health. Uh, so it's been a struggle. And as those of you who have followed us know, I've had several uh, near-death experiences. Um, and But I've come back. And each time, my heart gets a little less able to function. Um, 
And a lot of people want to say to me, well, try this, try that, do this, do that, and your heart will heal. Do you know how depressing that can be to a person in my position? Depressing, frustrating, uh, makes me sad. And it's because when you stop to think about it, if you're continually healed into 100%, your body is. Now this also came to me from the spirits. Because uh, recently uh, I've had some difficulties and Nancy and Walt are trying so hard to help my heart heal completely. And I was getting very frustrated, sad, uh, because I would try what they would say and it didn't really make a difference. So it made me sad that I couldn't, my heart couldn't do what they wanted it to, is heal completely. And it made me sad that I was disappointing them because I felt personally responsible because I wasn't able to make it whole. I, I can't. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. And so I'm feeling this frustration and this sadness and this uh, sometimes it's anger. I gotta admit, sometimes it's anger. Because they think, why are you putting this pressures on me? And it's not just Nancy and Walt, it's others too. And they do not realize that they're putting all this pressure on me. So I want to explain to you all how from my perspective it feels. I realize from y'all's perspective you want to make your loved one whole. You want things to work for them. Uh, you, you want the best for them to keep them around because you don't want them to leave you yet. I can understand that. So, um... For those of us whose body is giving out, is uh, has gone through a lot in its lifetime, and and possibly also you came with the understanding, came here with the understanding. Well, I'm going to have ill health issues, and learn to deal with the issues that are involved with that. So, as I look at it, I'm thinking, that probably is one of the contracts I made before I came down here, because I have had a heart murmur all my life, as a child, on through, until it came to the, uh, in 2003, the, the five bypass heart surgery, um, because my heart was so bad. Well, since I had a near-death then, and since then I've had a couple more near-death experiences. And I'll go into that later on. I'll just go into that later. But right now I want to take you through how it feels to be in that position. So, okay. I'm feeling really down and frustrated and all that. And the angels came to me, what Walt calls my posse, came to me and they said, um, please don't, don't get so down. Um, this is the way your body is. This is what's happening with you. This is what you're going to work on in this lifetime. And this is what you are working on. And your body isn't going to uh, rejuvenate. And if you stop and think about it, uh, if a body continued to rejuvenate to 100%, no one would ever die. The body would never die.
no one would ever be able to uh, cross over because their spirit would be trapped in the body. That's the way they were they're explaining it to me. They said, eventually, the body has to have a reason to not function anymore in order to release your spirit, your soul. Whether it be through murder or ill health, fluke accident, where you end up, the body ends up dead and your your spirit is released. Your soul can go over to the next side to continue your life. It's really not an, not a death. It is the end of this chapter and the beginning and and it at the same time return of your soul to where we came from. So, in in all these things, the latest one I'm trying to manifest a whole heart and and working the way a whole heart, healthy heart works and all that. Well, it didn't work. And that's when I got so frustrated and, and sad and and upset and angry, thinking, why, why can't I manifest it? Well, because I can't. Because it's not in the contract. <laughs> Plus the fact. Well, let's stick with the contract. I, part of my contract was to learn to live with an a body that wasn't a hundred percent all the time. Yet, because while it wasn't a hundred percent, I had things I had to do with it. I had to provide for my three kids. I had to learn the lesson of how you get married and it isn't the right thing and you and your ex and children go through bad shit and how to cope with that and and get through it. I came here to learn a lot of hard lessons. And in so doing, I beat the heck out of my body. Literally, I did. My uh, job before my last job was working at a glass plant. Um, it wasn't just glass. They made... Uh, screen rooms and um, windows and what some people call patio doors, uh, sliding glass doors, um, total rooms which are like Florida rooms where you can be outside in the winter too because they have vinyls that slide up and down or windows that open and close and and it's an addition to your house. So while I was working there, I was asked if I'd go to the newly purchased glass plant and set up the uh, why'd I why'd that name go out of my head? Uh, set up the quality department, and I was I felt very privileged to be asked that. I mean, I'm a woman. The glass plant was all men. And I mean, they were the men that women really didn't want to have to try to uh, get along with because they were, uh, they didn't trust women. And they, actually, they were afraid of women, so they were tough. But uh, so I felt very privileged to do that. So I went over to the glass plant and started doing research and, and figuring out how to make tests for the products and all this. And, and in the meantime, I had to make 
friends with the guys. I, I had to prove to the guys I wasn't there to hurt them. I was there to help them. They could come to me with ideas and suggestions and things like that. And at first it was it was hard going because here I am trying to do all the physical things that I had to do with this. And it was difficult, very difficult. Things are very heavy there or or it's very precarious because glass can cut you a shorter time than a second very badly. So you have to be aware of your surroundings and and be aware of your attitude around people and it, it was a stressful job physically and mentally and emotionally. I finally was able to win over the guys, all of them, management and uh, the, the guys who are doing the work. And it, it, they became very protective of me. <laughs> it, it was a whole, it was a 180 degree change. They went from looking at me with squinted eyes and and some of them would turn their back on me and and they'd be nasty and things like that but then they turned to being very caring very very loving toward me like I was their little sister and nobody was going to hurt me and nothing was going to hurt me and so I, I got help doing my tasks um and I was working there when I had, in 2003, when I had my emergency five bypass surgery. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't the whole fault of the things I had to do there. I had a weak heart to start with. And then that just put more pressures on me. But I think that was part of my contract. Okay, you're going to learn to overcome these different health obstacles. Because also, I have Meniere's disease, which is also known as vertigo. So I could be walking down a flight of steps and I get really dizzy. And feel myself start to fall forward. I had to learn to overcome that. How to approach going downstairs or being at, at heights, because I had to be at heights uh, during the day's job there. And so I had to overcome that issue too. And then I found out well, geez, if I didn't have. Type 2 diabetes, too. I'm telling you. So, I I don't have to do the shots, but I do have to take my blood frequently. Like, like if I get in the mood, I'll take it daily for a little while, and then I'll go to every third day. It's, it's nothing real urgent. It's just I need to watch what I eat. So I watched that brownie going down into my mouth and as, and I feel I taste it as I chew it up and swallow it. <laughs> That's my way of watching my diet. <laughs> but anyway, I've had these health issues uh, throughout my life. When I was a little girl, I think I was about Oh, maybe I was eight when a doctor said he thought I had rheumatic fever, which weakens the heart, too. So I had that issue to deal with. Um, and, and they decided, well, maybe I didn't, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. So they never diagnosed me with it. But every time I went to the doctor after that, the doctor would say, oh, you had rheumatic fever. So evidently I did. So 
that had weakened my heart too so I had to even as a child I had to learn how to deal with it how to pace myself so so what I'm trying to point out is some people evidently have contracted to learn to live with uh, issues of the body, illnesses, with illnesses in the body. And even though people, the do-good people who are trying so hard to keep you around because they love you, they want you to stay, um, and they're putting these pressures on you, not knowing, not knowing, because they they think well i've heard that if you do this you can you can make your heart whole again make it healthy if you manifest you can manifest it if you if you take this herb or if you take that if you do this exercise or they have all sorts of remedies for you well believe me i have tried most of them I mean, some of them were just freaking out of this world. I wasn't going to even go there. Um, so I tried it, and, and I failed at I didn't really fail at it. I just, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for my situation, my contract. And I did not realize, realize this until the my posse came to me and told me, it's okay, don't get so upset about it. You came here, and one of the things that you came to do is learn to live with ill health issues. Um, don't take it so personally when people are trying to help you get through the issues, because they love you, and they want you to stay around longer. And they want to see you in a healthy state of being. So, I just want to say, I for those who are the lovers of the people, who can't seem to get out of their health issues, kind of step back and, and think, oh, maybe what I need to do in, for them is just be here. Just be here, and when they say, oh, I'm having a bad day, um, just understand, they really are having a bad day. They're they're trying to do their best to get through it. Well, some people don't want to do their best to try to get through it. They'd rather live in the, they'd rather wallow in the bad part. But for those when you see that they're really trying, um, and they're, they tend to be getting frustrated, with themselves, uh, with the pressures of, oh my gosh, I'm failing the people I love because I can't make myself better. Just be there for them. If they're having a bad day, you can ask, well, is there anything I can do for you? It's usually no, there really isn't. Just, Just love me. It may sound like a simple, easy thing to do, but it is very, very important. Love them as they are. Accept them as they are. Ask them, what can I do for you? And if they're in a position like me, I would tell someone what they could do for me. If I knew. <laughs> if I knew. Um, Like, get me, maybe... Would you mind getting me some ice or some ice water? That kind of thing. That can go a long way in helping someone who isn't feeling so good. It can help them emotionally as well as physically because they need the water and the ice. Um, so if you could just kind of step back and accept the people in my position where the heart has gone through a lot, a lot, and it isn't pumping on, on all of its pumps, 
part of it just isn't working. And so when the other part that is working is working overtime. So now, uh, because they have explained these things to me just recently, I am understanding more why I've gotten so weak in the past month and two month or two. I get very weak, short of breath and and I am on a DNR, do not resuscitate, so I've come toward the end. I can go any minute, any second, like we have found out. But I have come back all these times. So, for me, it's not like Nancy's Aunt Peg, who has gone through... She's come to the end-end. She's, she's on hospice now. She has come to the point where she really can't do anything for herself anymore. I haven't. I mean, yeah, I may be taken out in NDE because of what's going on, like the last one where I'm laying on the table for hours with no anesthetic. The doctors cut a slit in my groin area. He numbed that area, and that was it. Then I go through him sliding all the tubes up inside of me. All the things are trying to rebuild a main left artery for me with. And, and I have not been anesthetized in any way, shape, or form. And, and I'm finally, and I can't lay on my back on a wooden or metal table for, for hours on end without feeling discomfort. Well, that's the last time I had an NDE. And I, this is the, the another part that I want to share with you. Because I've had the NDEs, um, I realize how fast you can go from being in your body to not in your body. It happens faster than what I just said it to you. From being in your body to being out of your body. I had been out of the body. Boom. Out of the body. And and it's not so bad. Um, the manner of the death can be what is bad. If you're suffering uh, in a suffering way because there's many ways you could be suffering, and I don't want to go into that because I'm not going to get that gory. Uh, yeah, that could be kind of yucky. I would say a lot yucky, and you wouldn't want to be there. It's, it's the manner of the death that can be so awful. But the transitioning from the soul's transitioning from your body to the next phase, is beyond the veil, going through the veil, that transition is easy peasy. It's kind of a relief. You feel, oh, I was in so much discomfort, so much discomfort that last time. Just remembering me, remembering it hurts me. Um, and when the transition happened, uh, so fast, it took me. It took me uh, some thoughts to realize. Oh, hey. I don't feel the pain anymore. Oh my gosh, I have no pain. And I have gone from um, from feeling constricted to complete freedom. Complete a feeling of not being bound. Of being able to uh, expand myself and I looked 
and my body was down there, and and I realized, oh, I did it again. <laughs> I'm out of my body, and I looked up to. Well, because I had turned, I it was my right shoulder, but as I was laying on the table, it was my left shoulder. But I saw my guardian angel, and we've been through that one before. And it turns out that this that time I wasn't allowed to stay because um, they wanted me to come back and do more. And they're telling me right now, this is part of the more we wanted you to do. We want you to talk to the people about this transition, about um, people putting pressures on people who have come to go through, experience this illness-type body, and uh, how to uh, be with your loved one, your friend, your relative, uh, your acquaintance, be with that person who has decided, okay, I'm going to learn all these lessons on how to deal with a body that has issues, um, and just be supportive of them. And then, in the transition, it's another time when you need to be supportive. I... I realize you want the person to stay. You don't want them to leave you. Uh, some people may be afraid of what's on the other side. You're afraid to let them let them go, their soul, leave the body, because you don't know what's on the other side for them. And so you're afraid to let them go. And And as you're being, you're dealing with these issues in your own self, you're kind of putting those pressures on the person who's trying to transition. If it's a slow type transition, uh, you're hanging in there. Be, the body, the soul is hanging in the body that is saying, I can't function anymore. We have to make our separation now. You need to transition so that the the body part can dust to dust the body part can just be left to rest on its own um so when you're with someone who who may be in a hospice situation and you know that they're going to trans they are transitioning um be supportive of them just let them know, I love you so much. Thank you for the time we've had together. I have enjoyed the time we've had together. Bring up some of the good memories you have. Don't bring up the bad ones. Be supportive. Um, and, and tell them, it's okay. It's okay. I know, I know it's your time. And I know someday it'll be my time. And then we'll be together in the same place again, in the same uh, situation. Like, you'll both be souls together, like you're here, and you're both in bodies together. Uh, the next transition, you'll be in souls together, and then who knows where you're going to go from there. It's exciting. Life is eternal. Nancy sent that song, Life is Eternal. To me, and I've been playing it this morning. I love that song. Uh, it's by um, what's her name? Carly Simon. Is it Carly Simon? Oh, let me go see. Hold on. I put it in my favorite. Carly Simon. Life is eternal. It's on YouTube. You can find it there. Uh, uh, I really like that song because life is eternal. It doesn't end when you leave this body. It does not end. I know this for a fact. You can believe it, or you can choose not to believe it. It's your choice. But but I'm just saying to y'all, um, 
I know it's hard to realize how to support people when they're going through things in life. But when you stop and think about it, uh, if you could just be supportive, there are many instances, situations where you really can't physically do something other than step back and say, I'm here for you. If there's something I can do for you physically, let me know and I'll be happy to do it. Um, otherwise, give them, the, give them your emotional support. Give them your love. Share your love. Just feel the love flowing in and through you and out of you toward them. Just do a love vest on them. And you will be surprised how much that will help them physically, mentally, and emotionally. That is one of the biggest helps you can give someone. Now, if they need a lot of physical help, yes, for crying out loud. Ask them first, though. In my training uh, for CNA, I learned you ask someone if you can help them. For instance, brushing their teeth. This may sound like a simple thing to most of you, but some people, brushing their teeth is the hardest thing they have to do in the whole day because of the effort it takes, the coordination it takes, um, the energy that it takes. Uh, but ask them, would you like me to help you? Because you could help them brush your teeth. It's not a fun thing, but you could help them. And they might say, yes, please. And, and, but ask first. Or if they're struggling to get up and, and you just want to run over there and help them get up, ask them. May I please help you get up? It would make me feel good to help you get up. You could say things like that. They may be stubborn and say, no, I can do it. Or they may be saying, no, I can do it because it's important for them to do it, to keep their muscles uh, working. Because they realize if I don't keep moving, no matter how bad it hurts or how difficult it is, my muscles will atrophy and I don't want my muscles to atrophy. Uh, so they need, a lot of times they need to do the physical, like getting up by themselves. Um, what else do y'all want me to, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, here's a for instance. You know your loved one needs a shower. You're not thinking how they're thinking about it. They really do want to smell good and be clean but it takes so much energy to get up from wherever they are the sitting laying position to go to the bathroom to get the towel lined up the wash rag the soap the shampoo the conditioner the, uh, Put the rug on the floor. If you don't have a rug on the floor, put the towel on the floor so they don't slip when they're getting out of the shower or the bath. Um, it takes them a lot of effort to get their clothes off. Even if they're just going to leave them in a pile on the floor, they got to put the pile where they're not going to trip over it. <laughs> and then to get, get the, sh the water adjusted to the right temperature and get in the shower or the tub and even when you have a seat in the shower they have chairs for people like me where you can sit in the shower and shower yourself 
and wash your hairs and rinse them and rinse yourself. And that takes a lot of energy that you don't even think about when you're real healthy. You just don't think about it. Well, okay, so shower's done. I'm rinsed off. I need to get out of the shower. And there's a step there, so I need to be able to balance myself while I'm in the shower with my eyes shut first. Because I shut my eyes when I wash my hairs and I, I do conditioner. I shut my eyes. Well, because of the vertigo, the Meniere's disease, when I shut my eyes, I get dizzy. And I can fall into the shower doors or fall on the floor. I can end up in trouble. So I have to be very careful when I do that. And then when you step over the edge of the tub or or the lip on the shower if there's one, that takes some energies to lift your leg, believe it or not. Lift your leg to have the uh, wherewithal to hold on to something so you don't fall as you're stepping over. Um and so you could you could be there to help them just by just by uh being outside the door so i had uh, i got interrupted there my daughter sherry called she's at the commissary she wanted to know if she could get me anything and so i told her what i'd like and then she'll be over here for the rest of the day spend time with Annette and me. That's nice. Um, so I was talking about the shower. So once we get out of the shower, then then we have to dry ourselves off. I'm telling you what a chore that is. And the hairs. You have to dry your hairs off too. Because they're all wet. And and you have to try to maintain your balance doing that. Uh, and then there's the issue of I I usually need to get get a rest before I get dressed because I'm so much out of energy. But if for that person, you being the caregiver or the friend who's standing by for the shower, shower standby. Um, if you can just talk to them while they're doing that stuff, it'll help to bolster their energies and and it'll help them to get through their shower. You don't have to be in the room. Just be outside the door and talk to them. Uh, we'll let them do their shower uh, when they get out and, and ask them, how are you doing? Do you want any help? Because sometimes you have to go in and dry them. Help them dry. You can do that uh, modestly by having them put a towel around their the trunk of their body. And then you can have them sit on the toilet with the lid down. Sit on the toilet. Or have a chair in there. And then you can dry their arms and legs and their hairs. And that will help them immensely. That way... Uh, they're feeling better about it. They're feeling modest enough. And they're, they're kind of feeling, oh, man, I wish they didn't have to do this for me. But I'm so glad they are. That's a kind of way that you can be supportive when people need help. That's, uh, that's just an example of how you can think about it and approach it. Try to do, stay on the positive. I'm not even going to say try. Stay positive. Don't go negative. Stay positive with them. Like, gee, I, I'm so glad that we can do this. Uh, I can help you like this. Make them feel like they are helping you which they are, by letting you help them. Really. 
A lot of times, I allow people to help me because that helps them. If you stop and think about it, you can understand it. I allow people to help me at times because I know if I do that, I'm helping them. So we're both helping each other. And it's a good thing. But don't go toward the negative. Oh, you're going to fall if I don't help you. Don't do that. Just say, I am here to help you in any way you want me to. Even if that's just staying here and talking to you. So you can be very helpful to people who are having issues like mine. Uh, People who have issues with their body, the health of their body, um, you can help them. And it's the same when bodies are giving out. It's time. It's time to transition for them. Be helpful. Be loving. Be supporting. Let them know you love them. You have enjoyed being with them in this lifetime. And you're looking forward to when you'll be together. Once we pass, we all pass through the veil. They'll go first because that's that's the way it is. That's why you're there. You're talking with them. You're sharing with them. You love them. You're helping them to cross over. Hold on. I think Sherry's phone just called me. <laughs> she didn't realize it. <laughs> like what we used to call the butt call. <laughs> So, uh, this recording, I I just, I didn't really want to do it, but the, the angels and the spirits were encouraging me, please, please share this stuff with the people, because I know what it's like uh, to have the body that, that I, all these remedies don't really help because this is my uh, part of my being here is to learn how to deal with my my body's health issues and um, and then it also falls right into place with people wanting so desperately to help you to become whole and then it crosses over into okay the body's the body needs to end the soul wants to be released it's that time it's the transition time so those of you who love and want to help and and make things all better for your loved one don't know how to do it And this is why they're having me talk with you so that I can share with you from the point, from the aspect of being the one who has the uh, ailing, the issues with the body. Um, So I can help teach you how you can help them and feel better about yourself in doing so because I know the caregivers get frustrated. Oh, I know that because I was a caregiver. Dealing with my own body issues, but that's part of my dealing with my body issues. I realized how people feel with their body issues. I know firsthand how they feel 
the Disney-ness that you can't really explain because it causes some kind of a wavy issue with you or, or a, uh, in and out of blackness. Or it, I know how their body feels. The pain you can get all of a sudden. Oh! Wherever in your body. Um, I understand how my patient was feeling nine times out of ten. I didn't all the time because there's there's issues they have with their body I did not understand. But I could better empathize with them because I too have that or had it but realize okay this is what I need to do for them. And a lot of the time, it was just to uh, somehow get their mind off what was going on with them, fluff their pillow, mess around with their sheets, straighten their sheets. Uh, this is for the bed-ridden patient. Um, if you're out with them, or if they're able to move around, they're ambulatory. Or like me, just... I'm functioning. I'm a functioning human being most of the time, but now I'm getting weak. I can do like two things, and then i got to uh, sit down, lay down, prop myself in my bed. Um just be there for them say oh okay it's all right take it easy don't badmouth them don't say oh jesus always happens to you why can't you finish what you're doing oh please don't do that to them they feel bad enough as it is for having to not be a hundred percent you the more that you just share your love with them ask them what can I do for you? Uh, and if they say, oh, nothing, and you know darn well there's something you can do, say, oh, how about if I get you a glass of water? Um, and then distraction. Distraction helps a lot. Uh, you can change a subject. You can see they're in a lot of pain, and, or, and you can start talking about... Um, Gee, when I was at the store, I saw this person, and we ended up in a conversation. Just share something that, that just recently happened with you. Or say, would you like to go shopping later? Uh, we could go get that, that uh, shirt you wanted to get. Or we could just go out and... I can push you in a wheelchair if you want, and we can just go out and... People watch, or just uh, bring up a good memory that you've shared together, and then you can discuss it. Something that'll get their mind off of how uncomfortable they are. That helps out immensely. So, um, basically, what I'm trying to do is t teach you how to be a good supporting person. Uh, without putting any pressures on yourself and on y your loved one. At first, it'll probably be hard for you because you don't know, you haven't thought along these lines. Um, but you can, you can improve on it every time you do it. You, it'll come easier to you, is what I'm trying to say. So isn't this interesting? <laughs> I didn't want to say any of this stuff, and I said it all. Is there anything else that you spirits, angels, would like me to share with these people? I'm listening, folks. They're, they are saying... Uh, in some instances, if you don't 
live together, you can go in, when you're in talking with your friend, uh, you can ask them if they would, or you could set it up prior to going to bake cookies with them. They could sit at the table and help you stir things up or just talk with you as they're drinking coffee and you can make cookies for them or bake a cake for them. Or you can set up a, a dinner date. You can take over the stuff to make dinner. Sometimes Annette and I, well, all my kids, we love to have pancake supper. Oh my gosh, yes. So we make pancakes for supper and have that. So you could maybe do that. That'd be easy if if it goes a lot. If they're on a strict diet, then you kind of have to get into their diet stuff. Try to do it sneaky <laughs> by asking them questions. Oh, can you eat this or that? Or the, and and then you can make what they can eat, and you can sit with them and eat with them and have a good time with them. Um, is that okay, guys? Excellent, they say. I see thumbs up. <laughs> oh, here comes Dave. No, Dave says, I've been here, Dolly. But I'm just be becoming aware. Dave says, being a good friend is very important. Don't feel bad if you have already put put pressures on people who really can't fix things in their body. Just be the good friend that Dolly's been talking about. And life will be so much easier because more and more people are going to be transitioning now. And it's important to know how to deal with transitions. Uh, if you're the, the loved one who's staying or if you're the loved one who's going, it's important for both of you to know what to expect. The transition, if you are the one who is transitioning, is easy. The manner of death, I don't know about. That could be painful, I don't know. Or it could be just, oh, you know, you're laying there waiting. But the transition itself, leaving the soul, leaving the body, is a piece of cake. It's very fast. Faster than I can say any word. Faster than the word fast. And it'll take an adjustment. You have to realize, ooh, I'm out of my body. And then start thinking about, how do I feel? Oh, this is wonderful. And look around and see who's around you. And, and start to release the thoughts of your body. Because you have to do that too. You've been connected to that body for however many years you've been in it. Release the body. Accept that your soul is free. And it's a beautiful thing. At least it was for me. And then, for those who are left behind, if you make a good transition, you will leave them in a peaceful place too because your body won't be all constricted. And you might even have a smile on your face. Who knows? But they will, your body will indicate you're at peace. But it happens fast. And for those who are the ones who are staying, don't be surprised. Once that soul leaves the body, that body is, is on its process of deteriorating. I mean, as in dust to dust. Um, the person is not there anymore. If you want to talk to your person, you have some last words you want to share with them, don't look at the body. Look up around you. Look around you and share your, I love you. I hope you have peace.
I'm so happy for you. Whatever your parting words are. And my parting words are thank you, spirits. Thank you, posse. Thank you, Dave. And Dave's quite happy with this because so many will be transitioning. So he's quite happy with it. He's pleased with me. He's pleased with you all out there. And all I have left to say now is I'll be talking with you again. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Dolly Shares with Dolly Howard. Thank you for listening.